and welcome to sort of the story i'm Jeannie, and i'm max <laughs> Max, i'm watching you get lower and lower and closer hey guys. <laughs> how are you guys doing this week <laughs> this is the we all have been here. <laughs> this is a very special episode what of sort of the story <laughs> Okay, first of all, this is the podcast where we tell each other fairy tales and folk tales and mythology and all sorts of stories. And also, you are here. Hi. Hi and welcome. The reason why Max is like getting lower and lower is because, hey guys, I had, I'm an art teacher, if you didn't know, for an elementary school. And we had a fire drill yesterday and my fourth graders decided, we've never done this before, <laughs> which is categorically untrue. Sure, sure. We've done three just this year. So, like, we've done a lot of fire drills. And they all decided to scream at the top of their lungs and start pushing each other and laughing and then throwing stuff around my classroom and not lining up at the door That w- while the fire alarm's going off. So I couldn't get their attention. So I ended up having to, like, scream, hey! like, really loud. And I felt something in my throat crackle. <laughs> Mm. And now my voice uh, is hurt. (laughs) Wow. I think I genuinely, I think I sprained my vocal cords. I don't know if you can do that, but it is like a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have a serious force injury in your instrument. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, my instrument. Anyway, it's really weird. I feel like I'm talking just above my voice box all day. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, and that's making Max feel like she has to do some weird ASMR episode. (laughs) All right, guys. So we're going to get into the story. Here's the thing. I need you guys to be really quiet so that we can hear Janie talking. This is so unsettling. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's a boring story, but um, hello and welcome to sort of the story. I'm Janie. <laughs> I'm Matt. We don't need to do this again. Uh, okay. Well, <clears throat> welcome. We have a lot. We have an influx of listeners. We just hit 100,000 listens. Which is wild. That's so cool. Guys, 100,000 downloads you guys have listened a hundred thousand times that's like a thousand downloads per episode that's like a thousand downloads per episode good job guys yeah if you are one of our brand new listeners and this is your first episode sorry usually i'm louder (laughs) (laughs) count your blessings (laughs) usually we're much more abrasive (laughs) we'll see how this episode goes maybe i'll just say ah screw it by the way this is not an episode for children none None of of them them are are. (laughs) They're all for adults with the senses of humor of children, but not for children because we use swear words. We talk about weird sex stuff and gore and uh, just generally act like idiots. Yeah, one time we talked about beating up the corpse of Ronald Reagan. (laughs) So, like, you're going to get a mixed bag here and children probably shouldn't be involved. Yeah. Honestly, just anyone super impressionable, maybe turn it off. Yeah. Plus, I'm around children all day, okay? Sometimes I just want to kick back, drink some tea, and whisper into a mic about a fairy tale. (laughs) That's all things you could do in children. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we begin. Oh, actually, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to tell them about our Patreon. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. I was going to tell them about your butthole, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we have a Patreon. You can join us on Patreon at the link in the description of the show notes of the episode in this episode and all the episodes. Max, you really <laughs> pumped yourself up to do that hilarious stop you right there bit, and then you forgot how to introduce <laughs> the Patreon. I did. <laughs> how do you feel? Are you proud of yourself? Honestly, four stars. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, you can go to the link in 
the show notes for this episode and every episode. For $3 a month, you can join us on Discord with all of our fun and lovely Discord pals. And you get the book club episodes. Yeah. And you get to be involved in all Zoom calls. Yeah, you get to send us weird questions. Yeah, it's cool. Early Discord is cool. Yeah, earlier tonight I posted a really upsetting screenshot from my Facebook page from 2009. You could see that if you gave us $3. Imagine that, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> or for $7 a month, you can join us at the Team Troll. No, Story, story Babies. babies. <laughs> I get them confused. That's why I don't, I don't use them is because I get them confused. That's true. You're an um, official Story Baby if you pay us $7, but everybody at $3 and up is Team Troll. Yeah. So for $7, mm-hmm. you can be a Story Baby and you get one full length big old honking episode. Oh my God, that episode is so fucking buff. <laughs> that episode is swole it's a full-length episode it's just like our regular episodes but it's extra and only you get it and the other people who gave us seven dollars and also if this seems slightly unhinged that the bonus episodes are fucking unhinged unhinged oh my god both of us are like there's no chance our parents will listen to this (laughs) and then they do everything (laughs) my parents would never they're not interested in podcasts or me (laughs) my parents do and i wish they wouldn't um (laughs) i love that your parents listen I and, and they really <laughs> listen too. I love it. Your dad, your dad was recently here. Max's birthday was last week. Shout yes. out to Max. R.I.P. <laughs> also, shout out to Janie who for my birthday got me a ladder, and she was right. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I brought out a big box, and Max was like, "I'm scared. I don't want this." Then you open it up, and you're like, "This is what I wanted." <laughs> A big old ladder. <laughs> so Max's parents came down, though, which was so... F- I love it when your parents come to visit. I love them. They're like my parents, but they're supportive. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> just to say, my parents are... I can't even say it. My parents are supportive of me as a human, but they don't care about the things I do. Yeah. I think, honestly, it's a pretty good spot to be in when it comes to family sometimes. So, like... Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> my parents, nice people... Max's parents also listen to the podcast. Leg up. Your dad was like, yeah, your podcast is so funny. I love the tangents the best. And I was like, wow, you and literally no one else, but okay. (laughs) And he was like, this is all so fun. I really like hearing it. You guys are so funny. Um, Now imagine, if you will, all of that, but you stop cursing. You would open it up to a whole new audience. (laughs) And both of us were like, our audience wouldn't like that. No, if um, they like the cursing, <laughs> yeah, that's what they're here for is for the cursing and the tangents, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or maybe just the cursing around the fairy tales. <laughs> probably, probably most of both. And that's you, you're our people, you, you know? guys are our people. Okay, Janie. So now that they know how to join us on Patreon, also you can find our socials. I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check out our website, www.sortofthestory.com. Don't forget the www, <laughs> or else you'll go somewhere else. Straight to hell. <laughs> some Straight say. to hell. <laughs> but Janie, yeah. I got a really weird story for you this week. Are people, you ready? Yes. People are really fucking loving. A, people have given us really good feedback for your Green Children of Woolpit story uh, off topic. Yeah. Fucking rad as hell, but also people fucking love that. I think it really satiates people's desire to have, like, mystery and history. Mm -hmm. I made that up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, mysterious, hysterious. Listerine. (laughs) So people are really loving that, but also people are really fucking loving your little red uh, Yarmayahu guy. (laughs) He's so upsetting. People really like him. (laughs) And Dear David popped off dude dear david also popped up we've been having a couple of 
fun little guys. We've been bangeranging. <laughs> bangerang. So now you're going to tell me about another weird little guy? I am. I'm really excited. Spoilers. It's a weird little guy. <laughs> Get ready. Okay. Well, then I'm going to turn off the recording so that I can do my ceremonial cursing Max out <laughs> and beating her senselessly with a shoe. <laughs> and then we'll come back and she'll tell us a goddamn story. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was going to happen. And now I'm less inclined to tell you a story. <laughs> she forgets. She mind wipes herself after every episode. <laughs> Okay, when she comes back, she won't be crying. Goodbye. All right, Janie. Okay, Matt. I'm fine and not bleeding. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Stop asking about it. You guys are obsessed with Max. The story that I have for you today, Janie, is from a book. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, get ready. <laughs> Don't tell the council. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from the book Short and Shivery, 30 Chilling Tales by Robert D. Sansucci. This is, this, so this book is a paperback book. It has a border that is like cemetery columns, and there's like a black iron gate, and there's gravestones behind it, and there's a spooky black cat, and there's a skeleton hand coming out of the graves, and there's little mice, and there's snakes, and there's a full moon, and bats, and a little goblin guy, and oh, a lizard. Mm-hmm. He's there. This is a very spooky cover. It's taking, oh, a crow. <laughs> Keep new things. It's taking me right back to like being little and reading the Goosebumps books. Yes, and it like is very much Goosebumps. Finding scary stories to tell in the dark for the first time and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. just very fun. Same era. Um, oh my god, yes. So I came across these books because I read a story and it was unfortunately too short to use for the podcast, but it was really fun. And I decided to do more research, see if there was any more uh, like stories similar to that. And they were like, oh, this actually appeared in this uh, short story collection called Short and Shivery. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, what's a shivery? Because it's really hard to read the word shivery. <laughs> it is. But <laughs> came across this and uh, saw the cover and I was like, well, I'm fucking in. I love it. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, it's it's definitely giving don't be afraid of the dark. Yes. Kind of. Yeah, it's great. So immediately went on eBay and got this book for $4. And also there are four, three other ones that I also got. And also I accidentally got an additional two duplicates of some of them because they had different covers and I thought they were different books. Um, oh. And they all have the same naming convention. So, um, <laughs> but this is Short and Shivery, retold by Robert D. Sansucci. Robert Sansucci is a children's book writer. He has a bunch of children's books that are like classic folk tales and fairy tales in picture books for children. But he also has a bunch of collections of these like folkloric short stories, especially like scary folk stories that he's collected. And looking at this, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do a bunch of extra research to figure out what where this actually came from yeah. and stuff. I was wrong. He <laughs> is very good about sourcing all of his materials. Yes. Really amazing. Oh, it's <laughs> the best. What a good yeah. feeling. Yeah, so all of the stories are listed by the name of the story and then where they're from. And then in the back of the book, he's listed all of the places, like the sources that he used for each story, which on it like is incredible. And again, looking at the cover of this book, I was like, oh, this is gonna be hogwash, <laughs> to put it politely. <laughs> that but <was> no. Polite. <laughs> Whoa, Max, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, and it's great. And everyone should buy these books, and they're incredible. 
And I read like half of this one on my lunch break today and every single story in it was an absolute banger. Hmm. I'm going to tell a bunch more of them and I'm probably going to tell one uh, for our upcoming bonus episode. So if you like the story that I'm about to tell, listen to the bonus episode and I may or may not tell another story (laughs) from the same book. (laughs) Excellent. Anyways, the story that I have for you is from the Shetland Islands. And I meant to Google where that is. Like the ponies? Yes, like the ponies. Oh my god. Like the ponies. <laughs> that island sounds adorable. There's um, really no other way to think about that island. I can only think of it being very cute. I know that it is off of, it is islands off the coast of a large country in Western Northern Europe. And I'm not sure whether it's off of the coast of Scotland mm-hmm. or if it's off the coast of like Norway. I don't know. I meant to Google it before we started recording, and I forgot. Well, Shetland sounds like Scotland, <laughs> so it can we certainly just, does. Can we just assume? <laughs> That's why I think all doorways are from Norway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all my doorways come from Norway. <laughs> I live in the house. Made by Ikea, but not regular Ikea, which is Swedish, but the other one that's in Norway. <laughs> huh. It's been a really long week. <laughs> yeah, guys, I, I don't know if you guys have been feeling, but this has been the fucking week from hell. <laughs> yes. So this story comes from the Shet- Shetland Islands, and uh, Robert Sansucci says that the, it's originally from Catherine Briggs's collection, An Encyclopedia of Fairies. Oh. There are a couple of different stories in an encyclopedia of fairies that Robert Sansucci has kind of put together to create this story, but I think it is really good, and I'm really excited about it. Okay. This story is called Boneless. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) It's really good boneless. (laughs) (laughs) In the Shetland Islands, there is a creature that is known as Boneless. Oh, that's a name. Sometimes it is also called It. <gasps> like from the movies. <laughs> I'm watching It Chapter 2 right now in tiny installments. Mm-hmm. Just whenever Truly I... the tiniest installments. <laughs> like eight second installments. <laughs> Just whenever I sit down to eat a bowl of cereal, I turn on It Chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> Truly like eight seconds at a time. <laughs> um... So this creature is called boneless, or sometimes just it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to describe, and that's its whole thing. Mm. It's really hard to describe. There's no consistency to how it is described, but it is clear that this is all of the same thing, mm-hmm. the boneless. Sometimes it's described as being kind of jelly-like, like mm-hmm. a big old flubber. Oh my God. <laughs> a big old blob. Yeah, a big old blob. I love blobs. <laughs> Janie loves blobs. Sometimes it's described as like sort of like a pile of wet wool that's like moving under its own force. Okay. Um, where it's like all like weird and glicky. Sometimes it's described as like a as though there was some kind of like regular animal, but like hairless and like pale and clammy and doesn't have legs. <laughs> but it is still somehow running around, like not rolling around, but running around, but Are it doesn't you have legs. Of like a slug. You're just describing a slug. Hairless? doesn't have legs some sort of animal (laughs) sure (laughs) sometimes it's described as looking like a human person but also super pale and clammy and with no head 
Which sounds to me like a Fresno Nightcrawler, but that's just me. Okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. I wouldn't Anyways. dare. <laughs> uh, and this creature uh, is moves very quickly in spite of the fact that it's sometimes described as having no legs. Uh, some people also say that have it can... Have you ever seen a snake fly? run? It goes real fast. <laughs> it doesn't have legs. Uh, Janie... <laughs> You're right. I'm tricking you. It's a snake. <laughs> I'm just saying, having legs doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be faster than something that doesn't have legs. So it's really fast. <laughs> and also some strong. people say that sometimes it's like it can fly, also doesn't have wings. Oh, okay. Well, that is surprising. doesn't have any kind of like mode of motility, but seems to be moving in a very specific and fast way. Cool. Pretty upsetting. Yeah. If you ask me. Big ol' blob that can move (laughs) yep just a guy (laughs) just some guy he's seen especially around christmas and the idea of this is like people are in their homes and they're having a good time and then this big old fucked up guy comes and ruins it um and that's his whole deal right (laughs) it sounds like i'm kidding but i'm really not on christmas (laughs) specifically on christmas yeah specific actually specifically on christmas eve so when everyone's gathered around preparing to go to bed and they're all like oh can't wait to open my presents tomorrow (laughs) uh suddenly (laughs) they will hear a sound (laughs) against their windows usually that is like i'm not making this up slap (laughs) Like a slab of wet meat slapping against a window. <laughs> oh my god. I, so far, no notes on this thing. I love him. He should have whatever he wants. He just wants to come in and have some Christmas ham. <laughs> He's just a big old thing who is like, just pale white, clammy, slightly slap. luminous, just flings its entire body at windows. It just makes a really loud slapping noise and then shows its belly in the window and then disappears. <laughs> And that's his whole deal. Okay, I love it. <laughs> no, no, it's, I love it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> this is also, this is a story from the Shetland Islands. And it's like, I don't know how old this story is. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to find r- references on it prior to like the late 1800s. But I like to imagine like in the 1500s, people being like, ah, be careful on Christmas Eve <laughs> or you'll get a belly slapping. <laughs> And then as they're doing it, and they have, like, a candle that's in front of their face, like, illuminating their Mm -hmm. face from below. And they're like, and sometimes on a Christmas Eve, you'll hear the slap, slap of the meat against the window. (laughs) And then all of the kids just hear a faint slap, slap against the window. And then they all turn at the same time and they scream as their uncle (laughs) lifts his shirt and presses his belly against the glass. Gives everybody a fried egg. <laughs> That's absolutely 100% right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're like walking around their house, like looking for something and they're holding like a little candle in a tin in front of them and like shaking and you can only really see like the globe of light around their face and they look around all terrified and then they stop and they like look behind them and nothing's there and then they look back in front of them and it's just a big old white ass in front of their face. <laughs> Why would I say that? <laughs> Because it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Write to us and tell us which story you thought we were going to say. <laughs> if you were boneless, what kind of pranks would you pull? <laughs> oh my God, that's such a good question. And the answer is infinite. <laughs> infinite boneless pranks. <laughs> yes, boneless pranks. No, I lost it. I'm going to make a joke. <laughs> 
was going to make a joke, but you I forgot so it as I was about to say it. I've never... I can't get it back. I think it was going to be something about boneless wings, and then it just disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. I watched your face go like, ha, 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 and then in the same, your mouth was still open in a smile, and then your whole face just went like dead like a slab of marble, and you went, no. <laughs> Dead uh-huh. like a slapping white mass of meat against a window. <laughs> Anyways. It's just Uncle Tony. Ah, uh, classic Tony. He's drunk again. Oh, Scottish Tony. <laughs> slapping his belly on the window on Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, like clockwork. Scottish Tony. <laughs> Get a job. Get a job, Scottish Tony. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's going to cause you two pets for a show. (laughs) (laughs) As he shakes his belly again. (laughs) I don't have change. (laughs) (laughs) This might be the least accessible humor we've ever... So far, even our test was very inaccessible. (laughs) This is not going to be a relatable episode at all no. we're very sorry we're so tired this is just for us this one's just for us guys yeah, this one's for the boys <laughs> this one's for us boys <laughs> we boys Ferda. Ferda. so every christmas eve there's one family in particular that boneless likes to torment okay and every christmas eve the farmer and his wife and all of his little children gather around the christmas tree and they sing and they pray and then they get ready to go to bed. They have their little footy pajamas on. <laughs> and then they hear the wet slap of a carp belly against their window. <laughs> just boneless doing it. <laughs> is he just like flash and dash? Yes. Why is he on that? Although... <laughs> If every Christmas Eve a big jelly man was flashing my family, I think I would start Christmasing elsewhere. <laughs> we have to go to the islands because of this weird raw meat guy. <laughs> you know the weird raw meat guy that comes to your window and shakes it for your children. <laughs> Just a nasty invasive booger man. <laughs> you guys don't look at me like everybody has this tradition. <laughs> You all sing and you eat your gingerbread cookies and then a giant phlegmy blob slaps itself against your window until you're almost crazy and then you all go to bed. You can literally just go elsewhere for Christmas. I would... This is probably bad, but I would become Jewish. No more Christmas. No more Christmas. (laughs) Just no, no. Oh, he he's he's like getting prepared to like slug past your house. And he's like, here we go, and looks in the window and sees a menorah, and he's like, ah, oh, rats. <laughs> Dang it! Well, <laughs> oh, now where again. am I supposed to slap my old belly? <laughs> where am I supposed to beat my meat now? <laughs> oh God! Huh. <laughs> 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 Where is he supposed to beat his meat now? <laughs> I'm just I I feel like this family wants wants it. <laughs> Whoa. 
What are they I wearing? I don't even want to wearing... finish the story. Are they wearing matching footy pajamas? <laughs> Covered in slime. <laughs> I don't even want to. I don't even want to finish this story. This is all I needed from this. Okay. The rest of it's fine, but like. <laughs> So this one particular farmer and his family are tormented <laughs> by the boneless every Christmas Eve. And one year, finally, the farmer has had enough. Yeah. He says, enough of this. No more. We're going to <laughs> Bermuda. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, I just cannot fucking get it together. <laughs> so he decides, enough of this. He's like, I'm going to chase that thing away when it comes to slap its belly on our window. <laughs> And the his, fact that he hasn't tried to <laughs> And his wife is like, no, you can't. This thing is unnatural. It is horrifying. It is not of God's earth. It hasn't done anything to harm us yet. But if you try and chase it away, it could come for us. <laughs> uh, Except that it is of God's earth. Because <laughs> it's outside your goddamn window. <laughs> what is this unholy thing? <laughs> And he's like, I don't care about the consequences. I cannot take another belly slap in Christmas. <laughs> so he tells his children and his wife to go into the dining room mm-hmm. and sleep there that night. Okay. And they are to draw all of the curtains so that they can't see a big old belly outside the window. They weren't already closing <laughs> the curtains. Nope. Why not? <laughs> it's nighttime. <laughs> they should be drawn anyway. <laughs> they wanted the. <laughs> the kids are like, we love this tradition where we see that weird blob man <laughs> slapping against the window. <laughs> also, they're going to grow up one day and try to explain this, and they're going to be committed. <laughs> I also like. Like a lot of these like creature stories are like, oh, it's like a like a sea monster or something where it's like, oh, you saw something really big in the ocean and it was really scary. And then a storm happened and you were like, oh, it did it. Like there's like an origin yeah. of like, oh, this is why we think this. I cannot imagine <laughs> what possible series of events would have caused the symptoms of this problem to appear in such a way. That it, it would have to happen so often and with such consistency that people would create folklore around it. Like, so what the fuck was happening? <laughs> like, you don't put up a no parking sign unless people have been parking somewhere they shouldn't be. You know, like, yeah, where did this come from? Where did it come from? Like, there's no natural thing. No, it was unnatural Uncle Tony. <laughs> Getting drunk. Unholy Scottish Uncle Tony. Unholy Scottish. Uncle, Uncle Tony, who's not of God's green earth. <laughs> He's a Scotland. <laughs> Anyways. So he tells his children and his wife to go into the dining room. This is the weirdest of ever <laughs> And then he goes and he sits in the drawing room. You see his children and they're like, what? <laughs> These things close. <laughs> How come I've never thought to pull this? Oh my God. Yeah. You just can't see outside now. Martha, come here. <laughs> this is crazy. Look at this. Um, so the father, meanwhile, he sits out in the main room of the house with the windows wide open and he has a candle lit and he sits in his big old easy chair and he reads himself the Bible. Okay. Making a real target of himself for this big old belly guy. (laughs) (laughs) And 
next to the leg of the chair that he's sitting in, he has resting an axe. Okay. So he just waits and, like, sets himself as a trap, basically, for this creature to slap its belly at, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, time passes. He continues to read the Bible. And close to midnight, just as the clock begins to chime. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> here's a sound as though someone has flung baloney at high speed <laughs> at his front door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the house shudders under the force of this wet and fleshy impact. <laughs> And immediately, he jumps up, he grabs his axe, he has his candle in his other hand, he's holding the Bible, and he runs out to the front door where he heard the slapping sound, and he wrenches the door open, Mm -hmm. and he sees a big ol' wet slap (laughs) on the surface of the door on the outside, Mm -hmm. and then on the door stoop, like right outside, he sees like a puddle of like (laughs) milk. (laughs) Milk? Basically, it's like this like thin white liquid oh my god <laughs> this thing is getting off <laughs> it's slapping his meat against the door <laughs> he, he sees a puddle of milk no it's on not his milk. front porch oh. and then little dribbles of milk leading away from oh, the house no. and towards the road and he throws the door all the way open and he runs outside and he looks down towards the road from his house and he sees this white shape that is like slightly luminous and jiggling (laughs) (laughs) disappearing down the road at high speed and he's like not this time motherfucker it just slapped once (laughs) whap (laughs) (laughs) wet ass plasma (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um so, I don't even... Truly... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, he's like, this motherfucker's not ruining Christmas this year. So he runs outside, he slams the door behind him, and mm-hmm. he takes off down the road following this thing. Yeah. And he starts gaining on it, but they're approaching sort of the end of the road where the road curves away, mm-hmm. because... At the end of the road, if it weren't to turn, there are cliffs that overlook the ocean. Mm. Um, And then the road, like, curves and goes in towards town. Yeah. And he gets close to where he knows that they're, like, coming up on the cliffs. And he realizes, he's like, oh, shit. Like, if this thing gets out over the cliffs, it's gone. And it won't come back until next year. And then I'll have to spend the whole next year thinking about how how bad I want this thing to stop slapping its meat. family on christmas it only does it one time and then it leaves i feel like the only one ruining christmas is this farmer (laughs) it's a real like moby dick situation of like you made this into a vendetta and it's ruining your life (laughs) so he sees this thing like rolling and like slippering (laughs) down the road at top speed towards these cliffs and he's like okay this is my only chance And he takes up his axe in his hand and he says, the good Lord guide my hand. 
And then he throws the axe at this thing in the distance. And God's like, sorry, it's my son's birthday. <laughs> I'm going to be out of office I'm until family. Saturday. <laughs> he lets fly this axe towards this shape. And it spins through the air and thwacks directly into this gelatinous form. And the thing, as much as a thing that is already mostly collapsed, collapses onto the ground. And the axe sticks out of its back. Wow. So the farmer comes up to it, sees it. It's not moving. The axe is stuck in its back. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, I think I killed it. Then he goes to take the axe out. And he's like, but like maybe not. And maybe I should get someone to come help me. <laughs> so he runs back to his house and he gets his servants. Mm-hmm. Apparently he had servants this whole a time. A farmer with servants? I know, right? <laughs> he goes and he gets his servants and brings them all out. And this thing is still, this like luminous mm-hmm. jelly blob is still <laughs> lying in the same spot with an axe sticking out of its back. Wow. And they surprising. all, yeah. And they all like poke it and it like doesn't move. And they're like, I think it's dead. It jiggles like jello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they're like, I think it's dead. And so all of his servants are like, what should we do with it? And the farmer says, bury it. <laughs> so they all get to digging. And they dig a big old pit in the ground. And they roll this form in with the axe still sticking out of it. They pile dirt on top. And they dig a trench around the mound so mm-hmm. that it will be like animals can't come and drag this thing out, basically. Okay. And also so that it's like difficult for people to get in. Yeah. The whole time that they are digging, they are arguing Mm -hmm. because each of them is like, whoa, it's so crazy. It's like a big old like mushroom thing. And then someone else is like, it's not like a big old mushroom thing. It's like a big old weird cow. Like, no, it's not like a big old weird cow. (laughs) It's like a, it's like if a rock had an ass. (laughs) I was trying to think of a third thing. A rock had an ass. Uh, That's not what I was picturing, (laughs) but okay. Uh, And so they're all bickering about what this thing looks like. Even as they are looking at it, they cannot agree on what it looks like. Mm -hmm. It's just like an amorphous form that looks different to everybody who sees it. So they roll this thing into the hole, bury it, dig a trench around it, and all of the people nearby are warned, like, hey, don't go near that. There's a weird thing in there. (laughs) (laughs) There's some space goo or something. Something. (laughs) Some kind of something. Mm -hmm. And it's a pervert. (laughs) It is a pervert. So for that whole winter, nobody goes near this burial mound for the big old flubber. <laughs> In spring, though, a stranger is traveling through the islands and he stays with the farmer and his family. And they recount for him the story of this great evil that they faced and defeated. Yeah. And he's like, that's crazy. You guys are country bumpkins and that's fucking bonkers and there's no way. <laughs> Um, and they're like, well, you know, if there's no way, then like, why is there a burial mound out there with a trench dug around it? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, like right over there. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm going to be right back. So he goes over to this burial mound and the trench, which is a little ways down the road. Mm-hmm. And, um, he looks closely at it and he realizes that sort of one of the, the trench has sort of collapsed in so that it's really easy to get like to the burial mound where this thing is. Yeah. So he crosses the trench, gets over to the burial mound, and just sort of starts, like, scooping at the earth with his hands to try and see if there's anything inside. This guy is so stubborn. And dumb. (laughs) This guy's very stubborn. This guy has to be right. At what cost? Like, if you told me I murdered a big ol' slug, (laughs) I would not go searching for the body. I'd just say, nice, Max. Good job. (laughs) 
Hey, JD. Yeah. Guess what I did this week? What? I'm wearing a big old slug. Wow, Max. <laughs> Sounds like that slug had it coming. <laughs> Sounds like he was a pervert who was shaking it for your family. <laughs> Every Christmas. <laughs> you should have saved this story for Christmas. <laughs> this should have been your and happy holidays to all <laughs> I really should have, but no, I couldn't, couldn't wait. wait. <laughs> so. so he starts digging at this like burial mound with his hands and he's like shoveling away the dirt. And he's like, there's nothing in here. Like, you know, and then he scoops out some dirt and like this little like trickle of goo comes out of like the deepest point of where he's dug. Yeah. And it starts coming out and it like comes out faster and faster until it's like filling this little hole Uh-oh. that he's dug. Like a, like, you know, when you hit water with a well. Yeah. So this, like, like silvery white goo just starts pouring out of this burial mound. Mm-hmm. And he sees it and he's like, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, no. And he, like, tries to pile dirt back on top of it and it just keeps flowing out. And he's like, all right, I'm going to leave. And he runs away. He gets out over the trench and back out towards the road. And he looks back behind him and he sees this, like, silvery liquid that is flowing out of the mound. Mm-hmm. And he sees it kind of, like evaporate and become this like silvery mist that Mm. like a greasy looking mist that rolls out through the trench up and over and towards the cliffs and towards the sea and he's like well fuck that he just released his spirit (laughs) and he runs away yeah he goes back to the farmer and to the farmer's family and he's like, I just saw something really weird. And they're like, oh, did you disturb the burial mound of that thing that we told you was really weird? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, that's what fucking happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's what fucking happens. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> yeah. So two days later, yeah, this traveler is heading towards town from the farmer's house. Um, He's ready to sort of continue on his journey. And so he's walking from the farmer's house towards town and it's getting towards nighttime. So he's kind of navigating by being able to see the lights of the town in the distance. He's following the road and he's kind of like kicking rocks as he's going and like breathing in the fresh night air, Mm -hmm. listening to the sound of the waves and everything. And then he looks up and he realizes that he can't really see the lights of the town anymore Uh because a dense fog has set in. And then he realizes that, like, it's not quite fog. It's, like, heavier. Uh And then it starts to pour towards him down the road. Oh, no. And he backs up with just this huge mass of, like, white fog that is like glowing and like just looks has like a sickly glow to it is just like pouring down the road towards him and it completely overtakes him and he is surrounded by it and then he feels it become dense and it collapses itself like around his legs and waist Uh, and he says it like it feels like he's being wrapped in like a hundred wet blankets no um just like slimy and heavy and like ugh tentacly (laughs) Uh, and so this this like form sort of congeals around him and he's like struggles to get away he keeps trying to like run away further down the road and this thing every like the more he tries to get away from it the tighter its grasp is on his legs Mm -hmm. and then it starts to drag him towards the cliffs oh no 
And he is fully like pulled to the ground and he's trying to grab at things for purchase, but he's on the road. So it's like flat mm-hmm. and he can't find anything. There isn't any, there aren't any trees or anything. So it's he's just getting pulled closer and closer to this cliff's edge and to the black thrashing water below. Mm-hmm. And finally he is like his, his hips and legs are fully off the cliff mm-hmm. And he sees a rock that is half buried in the earth and he wraps his arms around it and holds on for dear life. Yeah. Because he's like, if I go over this cliff, I'm, that's it. Yeah. Right. And he looks behind him and he sees that this like, like foggy, silvery mass that is wrapped around his legs. It looks like cords of like rope or something like that that are like wrapped around binding his legs together so he can't escape. And he sees that they kind of come together and they form like a long, almost like lasso oh. that goes all the way down to the ocean. And he looks down and in the dark waters below, he sees it looks like a puddle in the ocean of like silvery light. Oh, it's fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> Weird. This story took a really intense turn. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he's holding onto the rock with both arms and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't. Like, I'm not even worried about hitting the water hundreds of feet below, like, and the rocks anymore. Like, this thing's going to fucking get me or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) What's it going to, like, it's just so completely alien. He's, like, on this, like, long tether that's pulling him down into the ocean. Um, And so he holds on with both arms to this rock. And he feels as though this thing keeps pulling harder and harder. And he feels like he's about to be ripped into. Oh. Um, and realizing that like he doesn't have the strength to hold on for much longer he says oh sweet lord (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and at the mention of the lord's name he feels the grip on his ankles tight uh loosen a little bit Mm -hmm. and then he remembers that the farmer told him that before he threw the axe he was like may god guide my hand and he's like aha it's evil goo Uh, yeah of course yeah (laughs) so he's like i gotta come up with a prayer i gotta do something to like get this thing off of me like it doesn't like when i say god or whatever um and so he's like gotta come up with a prayer and he cannot think of anything except for like the most basic elementary school prayer basically and so he just starts like hyperventilating and chanting now i lay me down to sleep yeah I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord. And at this third mention of the Lord's name, he feels the tendrils of this thing loosen and slip off of his legs. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sort of like snaps back down into the ocean. It hits the surface of the ocean with like a wet, slapping, sizzling sound as though like when you dump water on a fire. Yeah. And he sees this like silvery mass in the water. And it's as though the whole thing begins to like boil and burn in the water. Mm -hmm. And it, like, goes up in black smoke. And when the smoke clears, the whole water is black again. And there is no sign of this silvery thing that was in the water below. Uh, He pulls himself back up over the cliff. I wouldn't see that. I would have died there. I think I could have gotten away from it if that's all we had to do. I would have figured that out. And then realized, I can't do a (laughs) pull-up. Oh, no! (laughs) just fall into my death. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah killed by my own lack of athleticism <laughs> <laughs> always knew this is how i'd go not doing a pull-up <laughs> you know my pe teacher told me this was how i was gonna die <laughs> should have listened to her someday a big old predatory flubber is gonna try and drown you in the sea off the coast of the shetland isles my pe teacher's name was madam clarissa <laughs> <laughs> she wore a turban and her head was inside of a floating crystal ball <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and in between dire predictions, she'd say, 
push-ups now. <laughs> <laughs> push-ups as though your very life depended on it. <laughs> you are vanning because you couldn't get up the rope. The rope. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I can think of what else that you it's just a rope. <laughs> the climbing rope. Sure. That wasn't a sentence. <laughs> uh, well, who am I to try to interpret Madame Clarissa's words? <laughs> so he pulls himself back up onto, like, up over the cliff, and he just rolls onto into the road, exhausted. He just lays there for a minute, like, fair. Yeah, almost passes out from exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Finally, when he's able to catch his breath... He continues his walk towards town, and in, like, the dead of night that he is now arriving in, he just starts knocking on doors and being like, hey, does anyone have a boat? I need to get the fuck out of here forever. (laughs) This place is bad. And first thing in the morning, he leaves the Shetland Islands, never to return. The end. What if, what if, this is, I'm going to rewrite the ending a little bit. Okay. He's exhausted, right? He's covered in sweat and blood and, like, mud and slimy goop because this thing has been, like, wrapped around him. Mm-hmm. And he starts running up and slapping against doors <laughs> and no one's answering and he's moving on to the next one and everyone's like, <laughs> I'm classic Scottish <laughs> Tony. <laughs> and it's, he has now become Scottish Tony. <laughs> Slap, slap, slapping against the doors. Ah, classic. <laughs> that was the possibly funniest and most <laughs> suspenseful story you've ever told. <laughs> so a couple of things about the boneless. I looked it up and I was like, so it's um, Robert Tansucci said in the notes at the end of the book, he was like, I put this together from a couple of different stories in this collection. I was like, oh, okay. So this is like probably like the reason why it's amorphous is because... You know, it's like a combination of a couple of different local legends. I was wrong. Again, uh, yeah. I really do not have a beat on <laughs> This is straight up just a thing. It is in the Shetland Islands. There is a folklore about this thing. It is sometimes called boneless. It is rarely called it. What it is called more often is the frittening. <gasps> the frittening. <laughs> that sounds Norwegian, right? Mm, I think it's just frightening, but in a like weird accent. Damn it. <laughs> if I'm having to guess where yeah. Shetland Islands are. Yeah. So it's often called the frittening. And in addition to slapping its wet belly on people's houses on Christmas Eve, <laughs> it's also said that if you look up, look at one for too long, the formlessness of it will drive you insane. You'll um, fall madly in love. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> Should I call her? Um, yeah, so that's what it does. It's like this it the slapping thing is much less of a problem in like the actual folklore. The bigger issue is that if you look at it, you'll go crazy. <laughs> it is like a it like an eldritch horror. It is. In the like sense of like it drives you crazy by just being incomprehensible yeah. and like beyond your understanding. But also it it's described as like a big old <laughs> jelly boy. Yeah, it's like when you leave noodles in, like, you forget about noodles that you're boiling, and they boil for, like, an hour, and then they're all just, like, they soak up all of the moisture, and then there's just, like, a, like, wet mass. Yeah. That's him. And its theme song is, oh, I wish that I could shake it like my sister Kate. (laughs) (laughs) She better jiggling like jelly on a plate. I don't know the words. Jelly on a plate is one of them, though. 
Oh, I was going to say, if you if you improvise that, that's pretty good. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you didn't. Like, you just no, didn't know the words. No, Why no. would you lie? <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's boneless. <laughs> that's my favorite thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm, you know, <laughs> I said a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I just feel like, I don't know, like, I'm like, I don't know what kind of stories I should be telling and stuff like that. And you were like... You know, like, people love, like, the cryptid stories. You love researching the cryptid stories. Yes. And I was like, I do. But, like, whenever I go out and I'm like, cryptid stories, it's, like, the same you never find or one. whatever. Yeah. Or if I find one, it, like, sucks. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this is a cryptid that actually it beats your wife for you. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um, it's really nice to not have to put that extra work in on top of being the breadwinner. <laughs> now uh, I also have to beat my own wife. <laughs> yeah, like, a bunch of us. This is. I have noticed the trend that especially in, like, East Asian stories, a lot of times they'll be like, it's a scary monster. Oh, it's so scary and interesting. And also, it hates women. <laughs> it's yes. like, okay. Well, so, but, like, the Yaramayahu, the boneless, I just, like, yeah, just, you just hitting fucked on up, a bunch of bangers. Fucked up little guy. Just a fucked up little guy. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. It's I so love, funny. I like that this also has, like, a firm story attached to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Also, the frittening. <laughs> frittening. The frittening. I love it. I, that's hilarious. That's a perfect Halloween story. <laughs> just, just a big old guy. If you don't have your Halloween costume yet, here's what you do. You buy. You go to Sam's Club or Big Lots or whatever. Sure. You buy a big old package of instant tapioca pudding. <laughs> And a clear trash bag. <laughs> and then you cut arm holes and leg holes in the trash bag. You fill that trash bag up with tapioca pudding. And then you take a little bath and you make a trash bag with tapioca pudding. And that's your Halloween costume. <laughs> Max Higgins approved. <laughs> if anybody does that, we'll give you $2 million. <laughs> we don't have $2 million. Please don't do that. <laughs> $2 million on us. <laughs> just everything about that story is like so scary like this thing that like grabs you and like pulls you into the ocean and like it's so fun and then the description is just so fucking off the wall bonkers silly like it's just flubber the fact that that farmer he could he didn't have to go through all that one close the windows two don't do christmas at your house this year go to grandma's house three move <laughs> put hot sauce on your windows oh train it like you train a bad cat <laughs> put like sticky tape or something on your windows or like aluminum foil everywhere mm-hmm. train it yeah make it your gooey little friend <laughs> just have a little goo pet and maybe after you do that it'll beat your wife for you <laughs> jesus christ uh okay well max you want to take a little break i do okay. i gotta go slap my belly on some stuff <laughs> just some stuff <laughs> we'll be back okay max okay Janie. First of all, I want to say thank you for slapping your belly on me so well. <laughs> hey, man, anytime. I felt the like... The trick is you got to put mayonnaise on there so yeah. you get a really good slap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, is it Christmas already? And no, I'm just lucky. <laughs> you lucky old thing. Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> Second of all, I have a little shorty cutie story for you. Aw. <laughs> Any blobs? <laughs> no? 
Aw. Maybe you can okay. work a blob in there. <laughs> Give us a blob. <laughs> so this story is from Cajun Folktales by J.J. Renault. One of my favorites. I love her so much. R.I.P. I feel like J.J. Renault and Angela Carter would have been best friends. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. They're just kind of the same ilk of lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those lady ilks. <laughs> I love her. Okay. So this story, I was looking for another ghost story. <laughs> what? I really don't want to say it. <laughs> say it, Max. It's a couple of mama ilkers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wish you hadn't Mommy said it. Mommy Ilkers. Mommy Ilkers. <laughs> Max, have some respect for the dead. <laughs> All right. So I was looking for... I think they would think that was funny. <laughs> I think that they would be our friend for sure. For sure. So the story... I was looking for another ghost story. And I went to Cajun Folktales because J.J. Renault, Renault always makes me laugh. She All of her stories are very personal because they're stories that she grew up hearing. Like, that's the whole point of Cajun Folktales. It's just... All of her stories that she heard and she knew very personally written in a book. Mm -hmm. So this one was called The Ring and the Rib. And it was under the section Ghost Stories. The McRing and the McRib. (laughs) It's McBack. (laughs) Get your McWallet. (laughs) And head on down to McDonald's. (laughs) You McBastard. (laughs) All right. I'm going to tell you all about this story at the end. But I'm going to tell you this story now. Sounds okay. good. So this it starts off, this is the first sentence. It was a stormy gray Saturday morning when Irene, the widow woman, went to clean the church. Mm-hmm. Irene was very poor, so she could never put too much money into the church collection plate. And so she kind of made up for that by giving back in other ways. Like she would bring in these beautiful roses and these sweet smelling gardenia flowers from her own garden and she'd put them all over the altar and she'd come in and she'd clean everything and she would wax with this like really good smelling wax and stuff like that. So like she's just, you know, always, always making sure this tiny church was taken care of. Mm -hmm. This little church was built shotgun style. Do you know what a shotgun style building is? Isn't it like narrow and long? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's all one... There's no, it's, it's one long room, basically, like with, how would I describe it? Like rooms built onto the sides of it sometimes. So there's no rooms on the side. There's no hallways. It's just, you walk into the first room, then you walk into the second room, then you Mm. walk into like the kitchen in the back. Like that's, that's it. You have to like walk through the bathroom to get through Like, so like, it's just one long room, tiny. There was no stained glass in this church or fancy accoutrement. Accoutrement. (laughs) It was made with whitewashed boards and had square panes of blue-colored glass. And the pews were handmade and they were very old. And there was an embroidered altar cloth and the statues of saints everywhere. And their paint was like fading with age. And it always smelled like really kind of sweet-smelling wax and candles and stuff. It sounds like a nice church. It does sound like a nice church. And it's a Catholic church. And I've never heard of a Catholic church that wasn't like fairly large and this one's just like a little guy oh it was nice that saturday morning irene had lit the candles and a lamp because the storm made the church like dark and it was like a lot darker than usual and it's like raining and pouring and thundering as she was walking around the empty quiet room a clap of thunder made the church tremble and then a slap (laughs) (laughs) just I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. And now we're back in my story. <laughs> a 
clap of thunder made the church tremble, and a shiver ran down Irene's back. There was no one in the church with her, but she had this uneasy feeling that she was not alone. So she listened for a bit, and she convinced herself that the storm was just making her paranoid. The wind... (laughs) Max just slowly raised her hands. (laughs) She listened and heard... The haunting sound <laughs> of like when you slap ketchup, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's like, there's no ketchup in his church. Except Satan. for me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Lord, Lord, Lord. And it poofs into smoke. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she listened for a bit, and she convinced herself that the storm was just making her paranoid. The wind was making the church board squeak. It was an old building. Things creaked. It's fine. But as she worked on cleaning the church and setting it up, she couldn't get over the feeling that she was being watched. It was just like getting worse and worse. And she was just really feeling paranoid. And she kept glancing over her shoulder and like all around. And each time she was like, you're you're being really like, I am alone. There's nobody in this church. But like, no, she wasn't. She just knew she wasn't. And then suddenly a cold breeze touched her neck, quote, like the grip of an icy hand, which would be bad for me. She spun around with a yelp, and she saw a dark figure step out of the shadows. This is a quote. It was a tall, bony man with a pale face and eyes that seemed to burn right through her. He wore high boots, caked with mud, and his clothing was torn and dirty. In his side, from a gaping, bloody wound, a single bony rib glinted in the candlelight. End quote. Death. Death. Irene clutched, terrified at her rosary beads, and the man stepped closer, and he moaned, Help me! (laughs) My soul, it cannot rest! Please help me! Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He didn't even slap his meat. She's like, ah, get out of here! Get out of here, Scottish Tony! Oh, Scottish Tony tricked me once. When you tricked me twice, I can't be tricked again. (laughs) Now I'm untrickable. his burning eyes flowed with tears that fell to the wood floor because he needs help max and we're making fun of him (laughs) irene whispered what do you want from me and the man answered i have been murdered i cannot rest in peace until justice is done find my murderer bury me and she was like who murdered you and he's like it was villian villian was the richest man in the parish, Max. Is he a villain? villain? <laughs> no, he's a nice guy. Is he the is he the villain? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> villian owned everything in town, and Irene knew that no one would believe her if she just suddenly started accusing him of murder, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, Irene had children, and Villian would kick them out of the parish, and they'd starve. So she's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. But the ghost was like, don't be afraid, just do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I've got nothing to lose. (laughs) I'm already dead. (laughs) He asked her, he's like, no, no, you do it. Do it. (laughs) For me? (laughs) What if I say it pretty please? I'll give you a kiss. And his eye pops out. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) He asked her to hold out her hand, which she did. And And then his eye popped out. (laughs) This is for you. He... He says, let me see your hand, and throws his eyeball into her palm. (laughs) So he dropped a shiny gold ring into her palm, and then he held out his own hand and whispered, give me your gold wedding ring. And so she did this. And she's like, and now we're married. (laughs) Swapsies. I I would not have switched so easily. I would have been like, no, thank you. (laughs) 
And he moaned, you must help me. Fine, Villian, bury me. And she's like, okay. And then he starts to disappear. And she's like, where are your bones hidden? And he's like, not yet. I'll tell you later when the time is right. <laughs> Dramatic ass spirit. No. And then he disappeared. <laughs> so Irene waited in the dark church for a long time while the thunder crashed and the rain pounded on the roof and the windows of the church kind of rattled. And part of her thought that she had dreamed the encounter. But she was still holding the gold ring the spirit had given her, and the spot on the floor where his tears had splashed was still wet. And so when the storm passed and the rain was gentler, she ran to the village and she stopped at the sheriff's station. Her heart was beating really hard, but the ring in her fist gave her some confidence. She's like, I did not dream this. This was real. So she told the sheriff that a man had been murdered. She's like, please help this man. He needs your help. He's been murdered. And the sheriff's like alarmed. And he's like, Somebody was murdered? Oh my god. Who was it? Where? How did it happen? Who did it? How do you know? All the <laughs> questions that a sheriff would ask. Sure, yeah. And she says, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He's a guy. Any of the answers? He's kind of To that dead. question? <laughs> um, I have no idea where the body is hidden. But there was definitely a murder at some time before now. Mm. So go help. <laughs> Do your thing. Go on, get. The sheriff was like, how do you know there was a murder? And she looked him in the eye and said, well, his ghost told me while I was <laughs> in the church. And he said the murderer was Villian. And the sheriff's like, what? <laughs> so he says, quote, woman, have you gone moon mad? Villian, you must think I'm crazy too. You think I'm going to arrest Villian, the richest man in the parish with no proof, no evidence, and no body? No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> At this, Irene gave him the golden ring, and she told the sheriff that she was like, I'm, she's like, I'm telling the truth. Here's his ring. And the sheriff looked at it for a bit, and he realized inside the ring were carved the initials of a man who had gone missing five years ago. Five this, years ago? This is a pretty small town, and so they don't get, like, a lot of murders or missing people, right? So he's like, oh, well, maybe this is something. This is this guy's ring. So the sheriff's like, you found this in the church? And Irene's like, no, a ghost gave this to me in the <laughs> church. And then he took my wedding ring in exchange. And then he begged me to find his body and to bury him. And there was some mention of a kiss. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the sheriff decided to bring some men to the church to do a body hunt. Mm. And I put a little TM for some reason. I was tired. <laughs> No, you're right. Oh, body hunt. Hey, boys. <laughs> right? I body hunt. Yeah. <laughs> they brought shovels and buckets and began to dig up the muddy ground around the church, but their shovels were turning up nothing at all. Except for dirt. And, and mud. mud. <laughs> More buckets, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, news of what was happening had spread like wildfire through the village, and Villiers caught word of the body hunt. There's another TM. All right, Janie. <laughs> Blood boiling, he saddled his horse and rode like hell to get to the church. And he screamed at Irene for accusing him of murder. He told her that she had no body, no proof, which is exactly what an innocent person screams. So, like, yeah. nobody be suspicious. Uh, he hissed at her that she and her children needed to be out of the village by sundown. They could starve for all he cared. He wanted them out. And he said, quote, nobody accuses Villiers of murder and stays in my parish. Nobody will help you. They'll do as I say. They all work for me. I own them in their pitiful little village. And then he he went, ah, ha, ha, ha. Nobody accuses me of murder and gets away alive. <laughs> Nobody accuses Villiers of murder and gets away unmurdered. <laughs> 
I'll show you. <laughs> the men stopped digging. They were, like, terrified of this man. Plus, there were no bodies there, so they started to load up their tools. And just then, Irene heard a voice whisper in her ear, Look under the church. Dig under the church. And she was like, why couldn't you have... Why are we having them dig anywhere except for under the church? Why weren't... Tell me that before. (laughs) Nobody believes me. (laughs) So Irene called out that the body would be under the church. She's like, please dig one more place. The spirit just told me that we're going to find his body under the church. And the men all kind of looked at each other and grumbled a little bit. But the sheriff was like, dig one more place. Go ahead and dig. And as they started to, Villian started to scream. He was like, no, no, nobody needs to dig there. Ha ha ha. Get away from there. (laughs) Stop it. You know how innocent people do. You know. No body, no crime. (laughs) And he just starts bonking him on the head with a shovel. (laughs) He told them to stop digging. And he threatened to have the sheriff's badge. And he begged and he pleaded. But they did not stop. Good. And the little church was built up on, like, rock pilings. And underneath the rocks, it says that the air was, like, musty and the ground was muddy. And the men found it harder and harder to dig under these rocks. But they did the best that they could. And eventually, one of the men shouted that his shovel had struck something hard under the altar. And then, lifting his shovel into the light, he found a skull staring (laughs) back at him. (laughs) What did that scare you? I don't know. (laughs) It really got you. It did. I was expecting, like... Blood. And no. then I was like, that doesn't make sense. And then you said, a skull. And a I was like, ow. <laughs> Everyone shouted with excitement and disbelief and terror as they pulled out the remainder of the skeleton from its shallow grave. And then they all suddenly went quiet for a moment. And then someone called out, look. <laughs> at what? <laughs> and pointed at the skeleton's rib. The sheriff brushed away the dirt and found Irene's gold wedding ring twisted tightly onto a bony rib. <gasps> The sheriff arrested Villian, who confessed immediately out Wait of sheer a terror. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. She has a dead man's ring. Yeah. Her wedding ring is found on his skeleton. Ghost ghost told her. She's the murderer. <laughs> no, you haven't been listening. Villian is the murderer. The ghost said so. She's the murderer. No, no. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> She's the murderer. She's... There is nothing here that implicates Villian. Besides the fact that his name is Villain. (laughs) And he was yelling, nobody accuses Villian of murder. Uh, uh, Referring to yourself in third person means you're a murderer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The sheriff arrested Villian, who confessed immediately because he was scared of the ghost that was telling on him. So, like, done. Or maybe because Irene was right there with a shovel and all of the townspeople on her side. Well, he was hung for his crimes. Good riddance, villain. Hanged. <laughs> Hunged. <laughs> he was so hung. <laughs> uh, murder gave him a big old boner. <laughs> Same. <laughs> the villagers buried the skeleton in the cemetery, but the ghost still haunts the church. Why? On Saturday mornings, when the women come to wax and polish and set out the flowers on the altar, they sometimes feel a cold shiver wash over them, and they peer into the shadows, and they retell the story of the rib and the ring. And the last sentence is, are they afraid? Menon. <laughs> I had to remember how to say that. <laughs> are they afraid? Menon. It is a good spirit that watches over the poor little church, protecting all who come in need or trouble, those who enter in peace have nothing to fear. Dun dun dun! 
So it was Irene. It was not Irene. It was if they took the bones, they buried them in the cemetery, gave him his proper interment, laid him to rest, yeah, yeah. and his ghost is still there because his murderer got away with it. <laughs> and it's Irene. It's obviously Irene. I don't know if this helps you. I don't. I don't know if this is even worth mentioning. But Irene did get a pretty hefty life insurance policy after Villian was hanged. No, <laughs> I'm I kidding. That didn't like, happen. I just mean like. <laughs> That's not how ghosts who have been put to rest are. They don't hang out in the church and scare people. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, he's nice. Uh, Okay, so here's some notes. J.J. Renault wrote that when she was a little girl, she would go with Miss Irene. So this woman was real. She was Mm -hmm. a real murderer, (laughs) according to Max. She would go with Miss Irene down to the little shotgun-style Catholic church that served their community. And she would clean up on Saturdays to get ready for Mass. And J.J., love the church she liked the statues and she liked the smells and she just like really enjoyed going there specifically with miss irene so this was like her every saturday growing up but she also kind of felt uneasy in this church and one day when miss irene was in the back room jj thought she felt a presence in the small building and she called out for this lady and she told her like there's a ghost in this church i know you're not going to believe me but there's a ghost here and she expected miss irene to tell her that she was being silly but instead Irene told JJ this story, and it was her favorite ghost story all throughout growing up. And so she made it the last story in her book, because it was the, like, whenever she thinks of ghost stories, she thinks of specifically Miss Irene telling her the story about how a ghost took her wedding ring and swapped (laughs) it out and how she solved a murder because of it. Or (laughs) (laughs) how she committed a murder and got away with it. Uh, Sounds like you need to write your own fan fiction. (laughs) Sure. sure. Or fan facts. Fan faction. <laughs> a fan faction. Hilarious. That's good. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, that is a really good little story. A, a little shorty cutie one. A little shorty cutie one. So this is going to be the last episode of October. I was just checking the... The calendar, and yep, no more episodes in October. <laughs> we done. I thought you were going to say, this is the last episode. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you I'm going to burn our house down. <laughs> <laughs> That's inside. Are you ready? <laughs> well, well, Janie, thanks for that spooky ghost story. Thank you for your spooky ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same vibe. <laughs> Very, very different vibes. Very different vibes. Fantastic. Guys, Max, Janie, what was your favorite part of October? We're doing this on October 20th. Um, I got to save a bunch of bees at the beginning of the month. Oh, yeah. You want to tell a story? Uh, yeah. A bunch of bees got into my building where I work, and uh, the pest control guy came, and he was like, do you guys want to try and save these bees? And I was like, yeah. And so me and my coworker grabbed uh, cups and <laughs> paper and caught a bunch of sleepy bees that sleepy were in our building and brought bees. them outside. <laughs> we saved like 30 bees. That's really good. Yeah. That's fantastic. I also found out it's really easy to catch a bee. <laughs> don't try it. <laughs> uh, please don't sue me if you get stung by a bee, but it's like kind of easy. <laughs> uh, you've seen that woman who just scoops the bees in her hand. Yeah, that's She's basically like, what we were they doing. They were very gentle. They didn't want to sting me at all. So I started to scoop the bees. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very specific way she says it. I began scooping the bees <laughs> into the box. <laughs> and then you watch her like 
get a handful of bees and just like flirt. <laughs> just like flick Shake them, them off of her off hand. Of her hand. <laughs> and you just hear them like thunk, 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 into the box. <laughs> and they don't even care. They don't even fucking care. <laughs> I like bees. Yeah. I think my least favorite part of October was finding out that bees and hummingbirds aren't friends. <laughs> that really ruined my day. Yeah. Bees and hummingbirds, guys, aren't friends. They compete for flowers. And you know who's on the like hummingbird side? Rain. <laughs> when it rains. This really feels like a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation. <laughs> like two houses, both like in dignity. <laughs> when it rains, hummingbirds are like, this is inconvenient, but I can still fly around. And bees are like, God, bull, it's raining from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not raining, bees will fight hummingbirds to death. <laughs> I don't know. That's really upsetting and a little funny. <laughs> anyway, happy October. What was your favorite part of October? Um, oh, also, I got I got $20 for doing that for an hour. That's nice. Just as my regular wages. I was like, I get to do this at work. And it's part <laughs> of the time that I'm here at work. <laughs> the bee guy paid you $20. <laughs> he was like, Here's 20 bucks. Buy yourself something that. No, I mean, like, I did that for like an hour. And yeah, that's nice. I got my wage for it. That's um, good. At work, which was also really nice. I was like, I'm getting paid to be here and hang out with these sleepy bees. Sleepy bees. One of my favorite parts of October is, one, the outfits. Mm. I've got a lot of elementary school uh, Halloween outfits that I've been they're wearing. They're very good. Yeah, they're cute. They're cute as hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, bats, and I dressed up like a skeleton yesterday and, you know, having fun. However, my favorite part was that I was teaching kindergarten. I already told you this, but I was teaching kindergarten and I have a ghost worksheet that the kindergartners have to cut out with scissors because we're learning how to use scissors safely and and correctly because none of them do it right. They're mm-hmm. dumb. <laughs> and I was like, from being babies. Okay, yeah. guys. So I, we reviewed how to use scissors and we're like, open, closed. Do we ever cut our hair? No. Do we ever cut our clothes? No. Do we cut our bodies? No. And I was like, great. Instead, today we're going to cut this ghost. And I brought out a little like ghost worksheet. And it's just a picture of a ghost I drew, right? There's no details on it. It's just a ghost shape. And all of the kindergartners at the same time went, <laughs> and it was just like 16 fucking five-year-old be like, <laughs> waving their hands. And it was so weird and like shocking that I like, I was taken aback and I looked at their teacher who's in the room with them and she was like, I, we're learning about ghosts. <laughs> I was like, and you've caught, you've taught them a call and response, like a Pavlovian response for these five-year-olds. <laughs> if you say the word ghost, they all go, <laughs> at the same time. That's amazing. Yeah, it's excellent. Really good teaching. <laughs> My favorite thing that's happened to you in October is that day that you went to work and you were wearing like a rainbow striped shirt and overalls. (laughs) I wasn't not wearing overalls. Were you not wearing overalls? No, you have replaced my black skirt in your mind with jean overalls. Yes, I have. (laughs) No, I was just wearing a rainbow striped shirt that I got at the thrift store that I loved. It's my most comfortable, just so cute, lightweight, long sleeve rainbow striped shirt. And I was so proud of it. Mm -hmm. And I wore it with a skirt. And then one of the students came up and was a like... A first grader. Not Miss- like an older student. A first grader. <laughs> came up and was like, Miss Wabadoo, <laughs> you look like Ducky. <laughs> with the lisp, with everything. Just like, what? Like the biggest smile. Miss Wabadoo, <laughs> you look like Ducky. <laughs> so excited. And I looked down and I was like, oh my God, this is exactly Ducky's <laughs> shirt like, I think I might have been wearing part of a Chucky costume. 
really good. <laughs> really, really good. That is a good thing that happened. Also, who's letting their first grader watch Chucky? It just occurred to me that they might be talking about Chucky from Rugrats, who also wears a striped shirt. They don't watch Rugrats anymore. Who? Anyone. <laughs> they watch fucking I just, I was like, what are the odds Bluey. that this child has, like, weird retro parents versus that this child has parents that let them watch Chucky? It's that one. It's that one. All of these kids, they watch the weirdest thing. But then again, I also have kids who are dressing up like Michael Myers and stuff. And they're really excited to tell me. They're like, I'm going to be Michael Myers. And I'm like, I know you haven't seen any of these movies. But like, they just, they know the characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I accidentally cosplayed as Chucky at school the other day. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. That was on your birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. I was Chucky this. <laughs> And then as soon as I was telling Max about it, she went and found overalls for me to put on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we know what Jeannie's Halloween costume is. I don't know. I've got a lot of things. I'm going to let the kids figure it out. You should dress up as Chucky and then you should dress Summer up as a knife. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk around being like, yeah, bitch. I haven't, I haven't seen Chucky, but I do know that Chucky says the word bitch a weird amount. <laughs> Okay. Well, guys, uh, we hope you had a lovely October. Go on our Discord and tell us your favorite moment in October. We want to hear all about it. Or yeah. tell us your favorite ghost story. Or tell us your favorite cryptid. Or tell us something weird. <laughs> tell us about a time that you slapped your mayonnaise-covered belly on someone's window on Christmas Eve. Are you old Scottish Tony? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Do you have a weird uncle who's going through something? <laughs> Let us know. Also, <laughs> kind of don't. Kind of don't want to know about that. No, yeah, I'm jealous about that. <laughs> uh, we love you. If you want to join our Patreon or you want to get bonus episodes, just go ahead and ring a ling a ding that ding a ling a ding dong. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> and uh, bye. Stay spooky, and friends. Bye. <laughs> and um, <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. Have a wonderful bye. Halloween. <laughs> Goodbye. So, you know that lawyer who we both love? She's a Savannah-based lawyer. Her name is Susan Maker. Mm-hmm. Okay. She has, for those of you who don't know Susan Maker, she has billboards all throughout Savannah that show a hot blonde woman with her hands on her hip that says, pretty, period tough period or action period figure period or mama period bear period <laughs> she's got like a, a a sentence structure she likes yeah and it's it's all just like half of her body and she's a skinny pretty blonde lady mm-hmm. and i've <laughs> become recently obsessed with her radio ads that are like my name is Susan Mager, and I'm not like other girls. I'm worse than them. <laughs> My children don't like me. She's like, I have children, but you wouldn't know it because I spend all night working on your case. You're my baby now. <laughs> like, they're like too intense. And they're too like, there's one where she's like, in college, when other girls were out partying and kissing boys, not me, I was working on your case. <laughs> It's too weird. Huh. <laughs> anyway, she has a new one out that I love because obviously she got some feedback where people were like, I fucking hate Susan Maker.
What? I think she got feedback, which I personally love Susan Maker. <laughs> she seems like a character straight out of Lucifer, <laughs> the TV show. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with her. But she has a new ad out that's like, my name is Susan Maker and I have a confession to make. I do Some- have children. <laughs> I have a confession to make. Sometimes when I'm working on your case, I have a messy ponytail. <laughs> is that it? That's her confession. She goes, I'm not always wearing perfect makeup when I work on your case. And that's because I'm just like other girls. <laughs> really weird she's like the polished ads that you see don't show the real me i'm working on your case in tennis shoes (laughs) you can tell she's uncomfortable saying it sometimes i'm not even wearing my silky lingerie i'm just wearing sweatpants and like a sexy bra and it's like is she even trying (laughs) my underwear does match the drapes what susan (laughs) what does that mean the drapes in her house. Yeah. <laughs> she was made from her curtains like she's from <laughs> The Sound of Music. <laughs> the Sound of Justice. <laughs> the Sound of Maker. Mm. Oh, my God. Anyway, I, I love her, but that's her <laughs> new ad is that I have a confession to make. Sometimes I wear a messy ponytail. It's so wild. Okay, because also I see her ads every day when I drive to work, and there are three in a row, and they all piss me off. Yeah, because they're all really inaccessible, weird ads. Yeah, there's Susan Maker, and it it's like, not just a pretty face. Yeah. Uh, and that's her ad for being a lawyer. <laughs> and then right after that is a very large, like, national <laughs> lawyer chain that's like someone's name three times. I can't think of what it is. But, oh, uh, um, Farrah, Farrah, and Fawcett. <laughs> Yep, Farrah Farrah and Fawcett. And it's like, it's this guy and he's standing with his arms crossed and it says, size does matter. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> We're the biggest firm in him. And yeah. like, I'm like, all right, this is bad. And then the third one is Jamie Casino. <laughs> I love Jamie Casino so much. I, oh, I hate Jamie, Jamie Casino, Casino. That goddamn dummy. <laughs> Jamie Casino's name is Jamie Casino. And he looks like, he looks like a meathead. <laughs> yeah. And all of his ads are like, Jamie Casino, get the hammer. Jamie Casino, in a truck wreck, get the hammer. <laughs> None of those things match, Jamie Casino. It's like, Jamie Casino, uh, we're going for gold. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> Your name's Jamie Casino and you're not going to use that? You're, Jamie Casino, we're a royal flush. <laughs> yeah. Something like, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Jamie Casino. Our clients always hit the jackpot. That's it. Jamie Casino. It's all aces in this firm. <laughs> Jamie Casino. We got a full house of lawyers. <laughs> Jamie Casino. Jamie Casino. Tell them you'll see him down the river. <laughs> what does that, that one no. mean? <laughs> Instead, he's like, Jamie Casino, I do law good. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Casino, the ace up your sleeve. No, he's like, Jamie Casino, sue him. <laughs> he's, so, he's such a dummy. I have a canon in my head that he and Susan Mager are having a long time affair. That's why she never sees her kids. 
Yes. Oh, but her husband is the size matters guy. Yes. Oh my god. And that's why all their billboards are next to each other. The size matter guy. They I'm obsessed with their ads on the radio too. I hear a lot of radio ads. <laughs> a lot of local radio. <laughs> is this relatable for you guys? <laughs> Nobody's gonna care about this entire test. But I their ads <laughs> always are just a little freaky because they're like one day when you're driving down the road and you're texting your mom that you're going to be home later and you're not watching the road, look in the rearview mirror. There's a little boy watching you. <laughs> <laughs> and that little boy is our law firm. If you text and drive, we're going to beat your ass. <laughs> no, it's just like, he goes on to be like, your kids are watching what you do. Like, he does all these, like, PSA things that have nothing to do with his law firm. I mean, it might. I don't know. But also, I'm like, you can't start out with a with a weird hypothetical <laughs> situation and then say, look in your rear view mirror. There's a little boy watching you. <laughs> oh, God. And then you're driving and listening to this video ad and you look in your rear view mirror and there is a little boy watching you. And then you die. And you're like, who's this boy? <laughs> you die in seven days. Oh, my God. Happy <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to end this. This is a long one. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that little taste of Savannah. 